0: In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to be fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. This is episode number 29. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and these are the real stories behind success, right? If we took money off the table, what would your answer be? We're going to find that out and so much more today with our guest, Uli Izzolo. And as a veteran marketing expert and a tech entrepreneur, he has spent the past two decades building automated marketing systems that position health practitioners as the go-to experts in their community. Now, in a world dominated by chronic disease, he advocates for an education-based marketing approach to inform prospective patients about the promise of integrative, holistic, and lifestyle functional medicine. And after 10 years in the pharmaceutical industry, he founded Big Boost Marketing, an award-winning digital marketing agency serving many of today's functional medicine leaders, helping health practitioners Attract, nurture, and convert more prospects into clients. In addition, he is also serving as the COO for the Evolution of Medicine, guiding the company's marketing strategy and operations. One of my great friends and somebody I love talking to. Please welcome to the show, Uli. Great to be here.
1: You know, excited to chat with you and dive in there. Always good to connect with you. I know we have sort of like every few months the opportunity to catch up and always have a lot of fun. You know,
0: dissecting what's going on in the world. No, I love it. And first off, you know, the show is called The Real Stories Behind Success. And I know, looking at some of our conversations, some of the bio stuff, some of the things that I know about you, this journey of success has been up and down. And so the first question that I love to ask every guest is, what is your definition of success? And then we're going to jump into today's show. Yeah,
1: cool. So for me, you know, I think it's always the opportunity and the freedom to reinvent yourself, that you are making your own script of your life, that you create your own movie and you're always you're in the director's seat. So you have the chance to rewrite the script. You don't have to stay on the same track that you were on it. And, you know, throughout my entire life, I can sort of trace it back that I'm constantly major moves from one area to another one where any sane person would say, why the heck did you do that? That sounds like a totally asinine idea but i think in hindsight when you look back it all comes together you know somehow there's
0: a guiding principle that gets you exactly where you need to be i like that so first off don't be an extra in your own movie be the creator of the amazing story and make sure you tell it to the world would you kind of resonate with that Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, I think I have to fault myself that, you know, I'm not telling enough of my story. And hopefully, you know, being on the show tonight, I'm going to sort of unleash and, you know, maybe you're you going to, you know, hold my feet to the fire to actually share some of the things that we have talked privately about it. But, you know, I'm usually the guy behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtain, orchestrating the troops and helping health practitioners and entrepreneurs, you know, be able to focus on their genius and so I'm not telling enough of this story behind the scenes. So, you know, thank you for having me on the show.
0: Sure. First off, why do you think that you're not telling the whole story or the rest of the story as I've heard so many times? Why do you think we hold back a little bit? I would say it's
1: just, there's so much thing going on in the life. And do you really make it a priority to talk about your story? I mean, it's so important in marketing to tell your story. And I help practitioners tell their story. And, you know, so if the shoemaker's kids, you know, it's like, you're not doing your own thing. Your your website is not telling the story. Your about video is not doing the right thing. And it's like, yeah, I get there once I have like time in, in my schedule. And, you know, again, Don't do this. You know, this is so important for people to connect with your origin story, what moves you, why you're passionate about shit. And, you know, again... She'll make right. us kids. that's the only excuse to have.
0: All right, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go up Success Mountain. I'm gonna be the Sherpa to get us to the top today. And I'm gonna take a break around the top to go to a quick break. And when I come back, you're gonna be hanging on. That's my vision for us. You're gonna be hanging on. And then I'm gonna reverse the roles. I'm gonna allow you to be the Sherpa and take us down the mountain. And as we get to the bottom of the mountain, we're gonna play a, a game I like to call the Fulfillment Round. And the Fulfillment Round is just to get you know you a little bit better, Uli, than maybe I know currently. Have some fun, there's no right or wrongs. But the first kind of thing I would love to know is a little bit of your origin story enough to help us take a couple steps today. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit of like education for you up until maybe high school, just to paint a picture, just so we kind of understand where you came from and a little bit about your education.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Germany. My entire family is still there. And unlike in America where people move constantly from state to state, from here to there, my entire family, my 21st cousins, they're all living within a 20-mile radius. They've always lived there. They're farmers. And so my brother and me were the only two that actually flew to the nest. My brother is in Berlin. I, am you know, went to high school, went to university, studied chemistry, of all things, And then in high school, I sort of realized that, you know, I wanted to come to America. You know, that was like the promised land. I wanted to be there. I liked the culture, the philosophy and the entrepreneurial spirit. And so. At 16, I actually fell through a lottery to sort of be on the Fulbright scholarship. But a couple of years later in college, I had the opportunity to do my graduate studies at the University of Pittsburgh. So this was before the age of the internet. So imagine this professor in Pittsburgh saying, hey, Uli, why don't you come to Pittsburgh, work for me? I pay for your PhD. What do you say? And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me do it. And here I am on a plane get rid of all my belongings in Germany. I knew even before arriving in America, I wouldn't never come back and, you know, resettle to Pittsburgh. And so that's sort of the first part of the story where, you know, a traditional way I would be, you know, getting a job, having a chemistry education, do the thing that everybody does in Germany. And, you know, that's the first time I flipped the script and saying, let's shake this up and move across continents. Now, the fun part, if I can sort of share this, is like arriving fresh off the boat week one, I meet my wife, and that's sort of like a story where normally that was the furthest from my mind, and yet in that moment I knew this is the one. And fortunately, I didn't tell her that you know that's the case, but I told my family, and everybody's saying you're crazy. You know what are you doing here? But so that's sort how, of like
0: how long have you been married?
1: We're actually coming up on our twentieth wedding anniversary next month,
0: so. Fresh off the boat 20 years ago a girl walks into your life and 20 years later through all the ups and downs you're about to celebrate your anniversary that is awesome I mean I don't know if it's an American dream or a German dream but it is an amazing thing that you get to experience every single day and I that's the stuff that I love about you you just told a little bit of who you are you told me the 20 mile radius from your 21st cousin all the way to every family member being so close by and you landed in Pittsburgh is that where you reside today Yeah, no, we were in Pittsburgh for five years.
1: That's where my wife grew up, went to school. And then in 2000, we relocated to Manhattan, where I did a postdoc at Sloan Kettering in cancer research. So I was still on that chemistry track. And just about... 2000 is when both my wife and I totally switched careers. You know, one for me, I went into the pharmaceutical industry, working in Alzheimer's research, and she decided, hey, now that you have a job, it's time for me to make a career shift. And she became a private chef. Well, she became a professional chef going to culinary school, and throughout that entire period... I left vicariously through her all the stories of being in restaurant kitchen, all the amazing and crazy things that happen after the restaurant closes. And so, you know, that was sort of a pivot for her. And, you know, that was the genesis where both she and I started to become entrepreneurs running our own company. And, you know, she's working from home. She has an amazing story as well. But we kind of ended up as a husband-wife tag team that we cover everything from video production, from writing books, from helping people with their websites. It's amazing what you can do. And, you know, we can talk about the challenges of being husband and wife, working in the same company, working across the table, and, you know, the intersection of not just being married, but also being in business together. And I can tell you, you know, there was a point where it's either
0: you kill each other or it works out, but there's nothing in between. Well, if you've managed to stay married almost 20 years, I know that most marriages that I've either been a part of, counseled, or have friends who have talked about it, you face a lot of challenges. And part of your question today coming on the show is if you were to describe your entrepreneurial journey as a movie or a theme, you picked Field of Dreams. If you see the movie, you know if you build it, they will come. But that's not always the case as an entrepreneur. You can build a lot of things and nobody shows up. How have you been able to, first off, build an amazing relationship with your wife? I'd love to go there, fresh off the boat, person from Germany, and all of a sudden you meet this woman- what are some things that you did right off the bat that really helped you to kind of secure this woman in your life as your partner? Like what were some things that you did fresh off the boat, never been in America before? And there's like, okay, take me back to that because there's something interesting that's going to help with the practitioner part, the pharmaceutical part, helping marketing funnels, because there's something that you did even in the beginning that really is about who you are today and how you show up in all these areas of your life. I'm going to pull this out of you. I already know where it's going. So I'm asking you, what were you able to do in the very beginning days of arriving in America? I think the
1: one Unifying threat is really no fear and just saying it. And maybe it's like coming from a different culture and, you know, speaking now a different language, that the words have a different meaning, that you're not hemming and hawing and turning this thing over in your mind a million times. I know when I was in Germany, I was so terrible, you know, asking a girl out. It's like I would think about it for three weeks and then the chance is gone. Now, here in Pittsburgh, I met her after two minutes of getting to know her. I was talking to her and saying, like, hey, do you have a boyfriend? I just said it. I wasn't even thinking about it. And she said, no. I'm like, all right, let's go out. So I think it's just jumping in and being unafraid and just seeing where the chips fall and then move forward. Now, I tell you this. I did a lot of things where most Americans say, oh, my God, how could you possibly say or do this? So she was saying, hey, meet me at this building for a date. And I was literally meeting at the building, like glued to the wall of the building. And she was waiting 50 yards away and said, like, you stood me up and et cetera. No, I was at the building, literally. So I think I have to give her credit that, you know, she stuck with me. I sort of made a lot of like rookie mistakes. I didn't have the Bible, the black book saying this is
0: what you're supposed to do in dating. But hey, in the end, it worked out, right? You know, it's so funny. I can really visualize you staying stuck to the building. Like, I'm here. I didn't stand you up. Like, well, actually, I was standing against the building. You know, I'm here against the building, but I didn't stand you up on anything. What was your first date like? We went out with a bunch of chemistry folks
1: and, you know, I show up. It was actually not really a date. And then everybody, this is like day two after meeting her. And then everybody's like, oh, you're Jennifer. And like, she's like, okay, what have you told these
0: people about me? So anyway. No, the reason why I asked, so I love the no fear, right? So let me take that and transition this into what's the most challenging life or business experience that you had to overcome? After 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry while running a web design business on the side, my wife decided to diversify into non digital, launching a line of barbecue sauces that we got into hundreds of stores, only to run out of money because we didn't test the market price points. Two years of my life and $320,000 in debt. I almost hooked up with a loan shark that would have been the end of my life. Instead, my wife and I walked away from it to restart. The year after, I doubled down in funnels, becoming the third certified ClickFunnels consultant and winning the inaugural hackathon out of 200 agencies. And since then, I've dedicated myself to help health practitioners set up an automated marketing system that positions them as the go-to expert in their community, impacting human health through better practice marketing. So what I read is somebody who tried multiple times and kept going, right? You didn't have this fear of failure. You really just faced everything and you said, hey, man, we're going to make this thing work or nothing, right? I don't really hear any doubt in your mind, right? Especially from a guy who had fear in Germany, but had no fear on the soil of the United States. That's something that I want to learn a little bit about. I'm like, why and how did that happen? How did that happen for you, do you think? Well, I would say, you
1: know, one thing about America that I really appreciate is that people give everyone a first, second, third chance. You know, in Germany, it's like, Whenever you get a a job, what happens is really, where's your diploma? Did you go to school for this? Have you done this before, right? Where does it officially say that this is your business? You can't just move from one area into another one. People are really very stagnant. And in America, it's the opposite, you know, to the point where you could be in prison and you still get second and third and fourth chances. You know, if you can do the job, you get the job. And so I think that's where I really realized like, you know, if Americans see and appreciate that you have your heart in it, that you're good at it, they will give you the job, you know, sight unseen. And, you know, who cares what your formal training is? And I think this is as entrepreneurs so important that You know, the school of life, of going through business, of making it work is teaching you so much more than you could possibly ever learn in college or doing an MBA. And so, you know, when we talked about this barbecue sauce ventures, you know, here I am being in a pharmaceutical industry, my wife telling me, dude, this is really crimping our style. We could be traveling the world if you only weren't stuck to, you know, your pharmaceutical job. And, you know, I agreed. I left and that was a kind of serious decision because, you know, there's maybe 2,000 people in the industry, the position I had. And I said, I want out. You can't change your mind after that. It's like, this is final answer, right? So, you know, if you put your letter of resignation in there, you're out forever and you better make a go of whatever else is coming next. So I did this and then we moved into the barbecue sauces. You mentioned this and we got it into hundreds hundred stores. And really what happened is in hindsight, what the heck were you thinking about getting into barbecue sauces? I know with my wife, she said, hey, I want to help people be healthier and you know, I want them to get cooking more at home. So why don't we do a line of barbecue sauces so they just start cooking more? Now, several things that really went wrong. Number one, you shouldn't maybe only diversify one step away from what you know. So, you know, going from purely digital and pharmaceutical research to having a line of barbecue sauces, consumer product goods is maybe two steps removed, right? If you had a restaurant, I think moving from there into sauces would have been perfectly fine mm. because you know the production process and you're just moving into new vertical. But for us, it was really two steps away and that ultimately we were blindsided by a lot of things that we didn't know. And so that's where I learned the value of you got to have a mentor. You got to have coaches that are in the industry and that can tell you, look, this is not how you do it. You know, do it this way. And so this ultimately came to an end where, you know, the marketing spent for the barbecue sauce. And again, think about barbecue sauces. That's the slowest selling product in a grocery store. How many bottles do you buy a year? One, two? And, you know, for you to switch your barbecue sauce, what needs to happen, right? It's like somebody picking a different hairdresser, you know, for that to happen, the hairdresser have to move away. So we did so many mistakes in that venture that, you know, I call it $320,000, you know, put it towards an MBA or the school of hard knocks, you know, money is spent. So here we are two years, you know, it was like in 2013. And my wife said, look, dudes, money is gone. What are you going to do? You know, cans
0: and you know, spilled milk, and we got to move forward. We got to reinvent ourselves yet again. I like the mindset behind like the barbecue sauce and coming to the realization. Like, what kind of conversation should you have had before you went down that road, getting into the barbecue sauce business? Do you think some lessons you could share today of some things that maybe you learned that you would have done differently? Yeah, I would
1: say first thing is test everything and talk to your customers. Right, you have to first figure out, is this the right product? Do people actually want it? And how can you test it in a local market? You know, do people really want it? Is it priced correctly? You know, what is factoring into the decision to buy any product, whatever it is, digital, physical, and I know you have a lot of experience in this area. So it's really about listening very closely to your customers, what they want, what they care about, and what they would be willing to pay for it. Now, I also know that Steve Jobs said, you know, People never know what they really want. So you have to sort of follow your gut as well. But I think you shouldn't discount what the market is saying and what other people are saying. And then, you know, again, if you think that your idea is good, you got to test it, but don't bank everything on it. In our case, we went instead of with one sauce flavor, we went with four. So everything, the cost now quadrupled because we didn't, hey, let's just do four. We should have done in the end, kale flavored popcorn. Maybe that's like, you know, it doesn't break easy to ship. You know, one of the things that really killed us that, you know, these bottles were super heavy. And, you know, this video of the FedEx dude throwing the box onto the truck. Well, that was us, right? So you're shipping out a box of four sauces for $32. You're paying $24 in shipping. And then the customer calls you, the bottles were broken. Can you ship another one? I mean, this is the kind of stuff where, you know, fulfillment chains and, you know, the whole process is really very intricate. And I think it's like just about building it step by
0: step and constantly listening. Is this working? Would you say that the barbecue sauce has been the biggest challenge you faced as a business owner today in the last 20 plus years?
1: Yeah, I would say so because it was the first one. It was like, a, you know, I learned a lot. We put two years of really hard work in it and in the end it didn't work. So this was the real first entrepreneurial turning point where you did something that didn't work out and you had to sort of like acknowledge that, okay this didn't work out. You know, the car is in a ditch. You can't get it
0: out. And you just like, this is, it happened. And now you have to move on. You have
1: to reinvent yourself yet again.
0: Did you have a big barbecue when it all went to hell? Did you just throw like all your friends come over like, Hey, I've got all this extra product. We're done officially. Or did you have a fire sale to get you out of debt? How did you officially just walk away? Paint me the hog for me just for a moment of you pouring everything on it and all the gasoline and burning it all down.
1: Well, what preceded this really was like several months, like two months of me waking up, sweat drenched every morning, 3.30, and then, you know, grabbing my dog, I have two French bulldogs, and then obsessively petting the dog. It's like, everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. So, you know... That helped me through it. But what we did is like we connected up with Target, with Home Goods, you know, with these big chains that buy up big lots and then ship it out to stores across the country. So we had like one transaction and then we just had a fire sale, dumped everything off and, you know, we're done with it. Now, I can tell you that for two years after that happened, every time I saw a grocery delivery van, you know, loading up groceries to the grocery store, I cringed because like my sauces were on that truck. It's like a constant reminder of this big failure, if you will, in at least in terms of monetary and, you know, where you wanted to take this brand. But, you know, ultimately, I learned a lot for my next ventures that you better talk to your customers, you figure out what they want, you build your product iteratively, and, you know, you don't go too far from what you know. And that has then very well served me down the road. But at the time, it was really very traumatic, life would not death.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a break with today's guest, Uli, as we are talking literally about You know, coming to America, making the most, I think the best decision he ever made in his life is being fearful, going for it, meeting his love of his life, Jennifer, having the ability to get into a business and lessons that he learned from it, from a barbecue sauce business to seeing the ups and downs from all the things that he has done to get him to this point. It's been a sticky situation multiple times for him, but he realized that perseverance and consistency, and he said the word three times, test. That's something we forget to do in our life and our business is this is a test. We need to put some testing behind it. We need to see what we can learn from these tests before necessarily going all in and finding ourselves in a situation where we have four instead of one when we could have focused our energy in one path. We went off in multiple directions. So we're going to be right back with Uli Ezra on the Be Fulfilled show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to reform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at ShipOffers.com. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. Today's guest, Uli Ezrilo, joins us and we are talking about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur as we make the climb up success mountain, right? It's never straight. Lots of switchbacks, lots of step backs and a lot. Of uncertainty, We don't know necessarily what lies ahead, but as long as we have that mindset that we're not going to allow fear to conquer us today, we are going to keep reaching, we're going to stretch ourselves. We are going to be so confident at the end, not cocky, confident that we are going to make it. And I think that's an essential ingredient that we could have put into Uli's barbecue sauce is confidence because he didn't lack it. I'm just saying that he was confident in the time to see that he was waking up every night kind of in cold sweats. And, and he just said, enough is enough. And they made a decision to do some pivoting. And we are talking to a gentleman today who literally is transforming and changing people's lives. Now, in the very beginning of the conversation, he was like, I'm the guy behind the guy helping the other guy to become that guy, right? And that takes a certain position because that means that you're out of the limelight, but what you do really matters and how you show up even matters more. I think that's some of your chemistry background, some of your science background, that you're always working behind the scenes to improve People's lives, and you're doing that today. And I love the fact that it's that integrative, holistic lifestyle kind of that functional medicine that you're into today. And you know that what you do, funnels and the marketing and all that other genius really helps doctors to help people. And that to me is way different than the barbecue sauce guy or the. Anything else of a story that you told today? Because I know that your heart is big and that you want to serve and that you literally as a little boy knew that you wanted to come to America. And when you came, you instantly got into action. So we're back talking to Uli. So just first off, let me love on you for a second and say thank you for being daring and courageous with your brother to see the opportunity all those years ago and say, I don't want to be nothing wrong. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to do something different and I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to get on this vessel and I'm going to arrive at America and I'm going to work every single day to live out my dream. So I just want to say thank you for doing that. Yeah, cool. So now- when I was first
1: in the pharmaceutical industry, actually I worked for 10 years in Alzheimer's research. And again, there is sort of this human health aspect and me being in the lab with a bunch of other people. We don't talk to each other. We just look at your test tubes. And, you know, after 10 years, I said, you know what? I have had enough of this. This is like, there's more people that can do this job. I want to sort of make a bigger impact. And so now switching around, you know, there was obviously the barbecue barbecues as venture in the middle, working with other entrepreneurs, building their funnels and marketing. And now I'm back into the healthcare field um, on the, as you said, holistic, integrative functional medicine side. And this is sort of an area where doctors really not ask what's wrong, but why is something wrong? And you know, again, that appeals to me as a scientist because it's more important to understand why something is not working and deduce from that what do you actually have to change in order to you know, address the root cause of the issues. And that's what these doctors do. And for me, I felt, wow, if I could have helped these doctors tell their story get known in their community that people know who is this dude what are they doing and why is this type of medicine so much better especially for chronic disease you know this is where our leverage impact because you know if i can get 100 practitioners tell better story and serve you know 10 20 30 more patients each month that's a massive impact on human health and that's why i'm so passionate about it but you know again life has a funny way of working where you just end up just in the right place. So after this failed barbecue sauce ventures for a couple of months, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then obviously for me, it was like going back to the roots. I know web design. I had a web design agency for 15 years. So let's build more websites. And then this magic thing happened. Funnels were born, right? Russell Brunson talks about it. So suddenly... For the few in the early know, it's like, oh, wow, this is like essentially web design, but it's like slightly different. It's like email marketing systems. There's so much more technologies and all these business owners have no idea how to leverage this. So what perfect place for me to take this on and be that guy that explains the strategy and implements it for them? And so then the funny thing is my very first funnel building client was the Evolution of Medicine organization that markets to doctors they didn't have their stuff together. And so I stepped in there, quickly took the reins there. And, you know, as part of that company, I found my blue ocean. It's like, it's like, wow, here's all these practitioners that I could be helping. And so in the end, I took sort of what I learned from the barbecue sources into this practitioner realm in healthcare. When, when I hear doctors saying, hey, I don't know what I want to do. You know, I don't know this marketing thing. Let's just try something. I'm going to put my foot down. And I was like, no, no, no. You want to figure out your service and product right at the get go. Because if you don't get this right and you don't market this right, you're going to lend yourself in big trouble.
0: Ask me how I know. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take you back to that functional medicine piece for a moment. And I just want to talk to you about it because you just said something that I wish more doctors would pay attention to. So many people want to treat the ailment. They're not asking what's causing the ailment, right? You know, I have a son who has type 1 diabetes. I lost a father to Alzheimer's. I have people who've struggled with cancer and et cetera. I just want to say thanks because you know when I skimmed over your ten years of doing the Alzheimer stuff and those have been many of our late night conversations we've talked about it. That's a big impact for me because I think that's something that we can fix. I think that we can see what the causes are and begin to change it. And I'm looking forward in the next you know 15 20 years to hopefully we don't talk about Alzheimer's the way we have been talking about it today. So that meant a lot. I just don't want to skim on that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your passion and your work. And then the funnel piece you know like who would have thunk that somebody would have created funnels what the heck was a funnel i always thought a funnel was what you know you if you need to put motor oil in your car that was a funnel so for the people who don't know what funnels are listening to be fulfilled today could you explain in a really simple way how funnels really help people especially business owners to sell more yeah so Funnels
1: are essentially just a series of strategically aligned web pages on your website and emails. And what you're doing is you're creating a more deliberate journey for your customers. When a customer comes to your website, they should be on a tractor beam from there to, you know, buying your product. And there's a lot of things that need to happen. You know, if we're taking sort of the car analogy, it's like you just don't sit down with the salesperson and buy the car. You first walk the parking lot, you sit in cars, you drive a car, then you have that first conversation. Then the guy disappears, talks to his manager, gets you a better price, and then you sign on the dotted line, right? So there's like probably seven or eight things that need to happen in the right order. Now, with typical websites, you can't do a shotgun approach and hope that people will figure out how to do this journey. So what we're doing with funnels is that on the website, we get people to opt in into what we call lead magnet and ethical bribe, and that puts them in step one of that journey. So now we can send them emails, we can show them the right web pages, the right videos, and we can create a more structured journey. So again, as a movie director, you want to show the movie in the right order, right? You can't have Star Wars start in the middle and then people saying, okay, who's this Luke Skywalker dude? You know, sorry, lost me there. Right. So you gotta have the same structure that the Blockbuster movie have in your marketing. So people can be part of your story, can understand why you do it and you know, see why this thing that you're selling, whatever it is, a service or product, is solving their problem.
0: You know, you get so excited talking about this. So I know the impact that you have with doctors. Maybe share a success story and you can change names for all intents and purposes. Take us through like a recent success case that you've been able to help a doctor see for themselves, maybe how implementing strategy and marketing in a different way to tell stories to help patients. Tell me a story about that recently that where you were able to make an aha moment for a doctor who said in his kind of ways and then all of a sudden learns, wow, I have function here.
1: Yeah, I mean, for one, doctors, I mean, the name of the word doctor is teacher, right? So one of the functions as a doctor is that you should really teach your audience, and that is essentially marketing, is storytelling. And so a lot of doctors where we sort of start is they're doing these workshops in the community. They're hoping that the right people show up. And at the end of the workshop, they're enrolling people into consultations. And so there is at least one hour of time for doctors to help patients sort of think differently about the disease that resolution is possible. So what we're doing is now we're helping doctors, Hey, Hey, Why don't we evergreen your workshop? You know, instead of you doing a workshop every week, why don't we create an evergreen webinar, an automated system so that the teaching part is automated, it's on demand, people can watch it whenever they want. And at the end, you can still enroll them into a phone consultation and help them, right? But now we're scaling impact. You know, if you run this webinar 12 hours a day, that's 360 hours a month that you're now doing workshops. Versus the two or three hours a month that you're used to doing. So that's sort of like a big game changer for a lot of docs that are simply sick and tired of doing workshops and, you know, help them reach more audiences. And then obviously people can watch this on their own time and, you know, get to understand who you are. You get to tell your story in that setting as well.
0: Yeah. And we go back to you beginning about talking about you, your origin story and how, you know, you just don't share it. Part of the journey today, how's it been for you telling your story and kind of showcasing a little bit about highlights about you? Uncomfortable or comfortable? I'm loving it. I'm an extrovert. If you give me this stage, I'm doing it, but I just don't go
1: out enough to be on stages and talk about it. But yeah, thank you.
0: Would you like to be on more stages sharing your story and showcasing kind of your efforts? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm sort of signing up, you know, talking now at medical conferences about marketing and, you know, again, going to where the audience needs me. But, you know, podcasts and this kind of stuff,
0: I would definitely love to do more. Well, you shine bright in this arena, just so you know, and I can't wait to see you on more stages. I can't wait to, you know, like we talked a lot about kind of some of the beginning things about your journey what are some of the things that you're really most excited about now, like in this journey, in this moment, this space, this time in your life, coming up on 20 years of marriage, etc.? What are some of the things that you're most excited about besides helping doctors, you personally? Well, I think something that happened to me only very recently, two months ago,
1: is that I finally made the transition from, you know, being a guy that does everything to actually Stepping into the CEO role and, you know, having a team and trusting the team. And you and I talked about this like two months ago that, you know, there came the moment where as a CEO, you're doing everything and you ask yourself, why the heck am I doing this? you know, I have a team that's capable in doing it. So I'm very excited to see them now shining and have a leadership team under me that is really helping these doctors execute. And again, a couple other things, you know, I love to speak at workshops and, you know, we're doing mastermind events now where we do implementation weekends for doctors where they can nail the story, where they can build their automated systems. So in fact, next weekend, I'm in Toronto with 50 docs. So I'm super pumped about this. And again, this is our tribe. It's like, you can be the rock star there. So I'm super pumped about that.
0: Good. So at our break, you were saying that your wife is directly in front of you listening, chuckling a little bit about your story. Is there anything today that surprised you about our conversation or anything that you hadn't discussed in a while? Or was it all pretty much normal stuff?
1: No, it's like I think what she and I have been living, but you know, I think it's good to be reminded that entrepreneurism is a journey. It's not you're not getting there and you're done. It's like it's the journey how you get there. And as entrepreneurs, we never get there. There's always new stuff happening, right? So I think being reminded that you got to be grateful for the journey. And sometimes when things get really hard, when you are waking up drenched in sweat, ultimately it's the catalyst that down the road, you see it, that was the pivotal moment where I changed how I was doing things, how I was thinking about things, and it pushed me in a new direction. And I know in that moment, it's really uncomfortable, but I think in the long term, it's what you need to grow.
0: All right. So we're going to transition right now and learn a little bit more about you, get you to uncover a little bit more of the juicy gossip, the thing that makes (laughs) you, you. So the rest of the world can go, wow, I didn't know that about Uli, but thank you for letting me learn. So nothing here to embarrass you. Nothing I'm going to ask you. Can you phone a friend? No. Can you ever stop in the moment of the question and say, I don't know. This game is all about you just making shit happen. So if you don't know the answer, come up with something really juicy and exciting for us. Could you do that? Yep. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fulfillment round. Today's guest was born in Germany, came to America 20 plus years ago, and is about to celebrate his 20th anniversary. Ah, favorite American pastime you've been able to discover so far?
1: Oh, I love American football. Do you? Yeah.
0: Not confused never, with European football. No, correct? even in Germany, I was
1: never into soccer. And, you know, maybe that made me an outcast there Why I was more fit for America. So even in Germany, I was watching NFL and, you know, Super Bowl, you got to, you know, it airs at midnight. So we would get a special dispensation to stay up all night to watch the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite team? I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, obviously that's my entire wife's family. They're, you know, that's the only thing that runs there. It's super passionate about five years in Pittsburgh. So I'm following them and, you know, they're a scrappy team. They're not necessarily the most high tech, but they get the job done. They usually get into the final round of team. So love them.
0: All right. I'm not asking this, but I'd like you to tell me a little bit. If you were the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you had full access to any player at any position what would be the one substitute you would make this season
1: well i would really get them more wide receivers i mean obviously antonio brown is amazing but you know if he's out and if he's injured then you know obviously you can see that the game becomes one dimensional so you know i think that's where getting a second one off. obviously juju last year was amazing a newcomer so you know keep him on there but i think that's the direction i like um, build. You guys have a great opportunity this year.
0: Last time you got a chance to go home to see your family.
1: Way too long ago. It's like two and a half years ago. So my brother, they have a vacation home in Mallorca. So typically we do go in the summer. And I know, you know, you've been to Italy, a fan of that. So yeah, we like the summer, the sun, the beach. And so usually, you know, a week or two is enough of, you know, your family. You know how it is when you go home and people start to get on your nerves after four or five days. Four or five But it's good. But it's good to sort of tap into the German foods and, you know, obviously uh, the German beer. You know, I always say I'm a carbaholic, so beer, bread, bacon is my holy trinity.
0: Oh, gosh, all the things that sound so good about this time. All right, a couple good questions for you. Books or podcasts? What do you kind of find yourself listening to or reading more these days? Books or chunking time into podcasts? Well, it's mostly books, you know,
1: hardcover books. And, you know, I like this great service. It's called Blinkist and it's actually a Cliff Notes version of books. And, you know, if you really wanted to make an, you know, headway with books, you know, it's amazing because even if you read a 200 page book, what you remember at the end is exactly the Cliff Notes version that Blinkist provides. So I love to sort of round it out and, you know, read books that I otherwise wouldn't have read just for, you know, because it's easy to do and go for it.
0: Yeah, I love that app. So about a year and a half ago, we were in the basement of a buddy of ours home in Cleveland and we were staying up late. We were talking about kind of books and ideas and he's, uh, Blinklist, it's big ideas from the world's best nonfiction books. And what's really, really cool is like you said, the Cliff Notes version. So I appreciate you sharing that. I've used that resource for the past couple of years. All right, what was your wife wearing the day you met her? Can you describe what she was wearing? Yeah, she had a white t-shirt on and a squirt.
1: Yeah, and I touched her leg, her knee. It's like she's like told me later, I was like, what the heck is this guy doing? He's like, doesn't even know me and strokes my leg. I guess I didn't know what she's
0: laughing across the table. I guess I didn't know what the rules are. No, no fear. This is Uli. No fear. I'm just going to go for it. If you had to select a favorite genre of music, what would you choose to listen to?
1: Oh, I love grunge. Always been a big fan. And it was also, you know, in Germany, it's like when I was sort of, you know, pivoting again, you know, a lot of things changed. So I was really into the music then in the early 1990s. What? Give me some artists. Give me some ideas. Oh, the classics, you know, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, um, Soundgarden. Pittsburgh, you could have landed in Seattle. Come on. I know. know, This is the thing, you know, we talked about. This was before the internet. So this professor says, hey, come to Pittsburgh and I'll pay you. Once I was there, I realized that deal is valuable for any university it could have been any <laughs> professor it could be harvard berkeley could have been anywhere but then again wouldn't have met my wife so you know i think the universe had
0: something to say in that too you know i've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today i've got you said bacon earlier you talked about booze and you talked about like i think pretzels etc that kind of stuff right what are three foods in the u.s besides those three that you couldn't live without that you've discovered since being in america Wow. So I think the diversity here is so much more. So I think, you know, Asian
1: foods, you know, Japanese, we do that all the time. And then obviously, you know, all the barbecue. You know, I have to tell you, when I grew up, our version in Germany of ribs is actually take the ribs, boil them and eat them. It's like congealed fat, no sauce, no nothing. I'm like, how the heck could you ever do this? This is like... In an abomination, I was like, now it's like, you know, barbecue, put barbecue on anything and I'll eat it. And that's obviously where the barbecue sauces came
0: about. It's like, hey, let's do barbecue sauces. The guy who grows up in Germany boiling his ribs, who never had sauce on it, comes to America, decides to create some sauce-based barbecue. And I just want to say, man, it was awesome. It was a good experience for me. I got a little sticky. I learned a little bit more about you today. I could sink my teeth into some of your stories. But the thing that I think from the very beginning today is here is a gentleman who is wise beyond anything that I'm used to, who has the ability at his fingertips to literally create, pivot, and make change, who's fearless in all areas of his life, who's up for anything, rolls up his sleeves, gets dirty, has fun, and just is all about going on a journey. And I just thank you for going up Success Mountain, coming down Success Mountain two last questions for you. If you had one piece of advice you learned on your journey so far, one piece of advice, something that you could help anybody, any listener today to pivot in their career or to pause about making a really bad decision. What was something that you were told early on or maybe through your career that's been one of those go-tos when you're uncertain about certain things? I think it's the value of
1: counsel that, you know, in these key moments, you know, you should trust your gut, but, you know, you should also talk to your helpers, your coaches, maybe not necessarily your spouse, but somebody you trust, you know, somebody like you or Vinny, you know, people that have been there that can give you advice. And ultimately, you have to walk through the door yourself. You know, ultimately, you got to decide what you're going to do. You're still in the driver's seat. But I think asking for directions and sounds like, hey, I'm totally lost here. And so, for instance, with the barbecue sauce thing, I was considering, you know, hooking up with the Russian. Lone shark and my brother stepped in. It's like dude you're not doing that you know this is the beginning of the end don't go down this road this is like not ending well so you know i appreciated him stepping up and i think this is the time when i hope you have that kind of person in your life that you can reach out to and get that perspective on what you may be doing next all right last
0: question for you <sighs> was there a question today or something you wanted to talk about that we didn't discuss that's at the tip of your tongue, something that you're like, you know, I want the world to know this about me because here's a platform for me today. And I didn't go down that path with you. Is there something that we need to make sure we close the loop on as a marketer so that you can complete your day? Yeah. I mean, we talked about being
1: passionate about healthcare and helping humans you know, live better lives. I mean, that's of the recurring thread for a lot of us. And so that's I think the thing to remember, you know, that's what I do on my website at bigboost.marketing. But yeah, by and
0: large, enjoy the show and being on here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only... Ooh, every time he walks into the room, I'm instantly just get a smile on my face because this guy is full of so much passion and he's happy to help. And you know, one of the things that you just mentioned is his website. We're going to put all the links today in the show notes. So if you visit tonygrebmeier you can click on his smiling face and you'll instantly see and learn everything you need to. You can get connected because if you want to learn how you can create constant streams of new patients. That's right. Big Boost Marketing Group can definitely help you do that. And you're going to learn so much more by visiting their website today. Uli, thank you again. I see you very, very soon, my friend. And I just want to take a moment. If you have been listening to the show all the way through, leave a review today and let us know that you like the interview with Uli and tell him maybe he needs to get out and speak more on stages. Maybe he needs to share his vision with the world and maybe he can help more doctors in the meantime. And no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at trainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever.